Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Their pitch is a women's football podcast in collaboration with Adidas Football. Welcome back to Their Pitch Euro Special 2022. Um, I'm Mia Eriksson, your host, and with me I have, as usual, Willie Kirk. I know you have been playing golf this morning, so how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. It was an early, early rise, but it was worth it, so yeah, all good. Yeah, I know. Golf can be a very heavy mental thing. If it doesn't go well, I play myself from time to time, but I'm glad you... You, you look happy, as, at least. So I need to practice. <laughs> yeah, don't we all? Uh, with us today, we also have Mark Lamberts uh, from the Netherlands, who is a women's football analyst. Welcome to the podcast, Mark. Thank you. Good morning. Great to uh, be on the podcast. Uh. Yeah, we're glad that you wanted to join in this morning. And also... Uh, a familiar face and voice in Sweden, uh, Elena Sadiku from uh, Eskilstuna United. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. Thank you for for being a part of this amazing podcast. Yeah, we're we're glad. We're happy for everyone who wants to chip in on on this podcast uh, during this tournament. Uh, and also, of course, uh, my colleague Amanda. How are you doing this morning? I'm uh, I'm I'm doing okay. We so the roads from Sheffield to Chester are closed off. So we we were driving around in circles. We didn't know how to get home. So even though it was an early game, we didn't get home until I'd say twelve thirty or something like that. I, I we 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 must say this now because. It, there's jokes between uh, Norwegian people and Swedish people, and and one joke is uh, that how many roundabout uh, can can you take? Um, and and we all always say it's it's maximum seven seven laps around. And uh, so it, I think we probably did more than seven yesterday. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just don't understand the English roads. Like it makes no sense. No. We- <laughs> We can leave it uh, that topic topic for another podcast, but we're here to talk about the games played so far, and we always start with uh, our favorite team, Sweden uh, versus uh, Switzerland yesterday. Um, Willie, you said in in the first episode that we did record that uh, one player was wow, uh, and that player scored yesterday, and her name is Hanna Benison. What did you make of her performance yesterday? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen all the game, but the bits that I did see, you know, what an impact she made. Uh, you know, I think we, we all recognised that she made an impact when she came on against the Netherlands, even though it was only a short amount of time, but she still made that forward looking, forward thinking, forward passing impact. And, and yesterday just, what, what a goal. You know, it was another wow moment for me. Uh, and I've watched it 
about a dozen times since and uh, the technique and the composure and the, the strike is fantastic and it wasn't that dissimilar to a goal that she scored for me against Birmingham uh, not long after she joined Everton and yeah what a talent yeah I mean I just I actually started my morning by watching that goal a couple of times just to get in the mood for for go for this day so but Eliana you were there actually to watch this game right yeah exactly Yeah, and what did you make of Sweden's performance? Um, to be honest, uh, <clears throat> if you this is the thing, like when you when you when you compare it to the, the the top nations like France or England or Germany, it's not good enough in a way that the the the, the speed of the attack is not fast enough. Um, so, if, like a little bit disappointed, of course, because. I was hoping they were going to win with 3-0 and it's going to be like a, a fun game to watch with many attacks. Uh, but they didn't really uh, come to those uh, those um, decision-making or the, the the speed in, into the game. So uh, it was not like a, a relaxed game to watch because, as you understand, I'm a Swedish fan. Uh, so it was until... It, Until Hannah scored, that you could enjoy a little bit and uh, and be happy about it. But uh, yeah, a little bit disappointed of um, of the attacking attacking football uh, because I don't I can't see the speed uh, and I can't see the the use of the the wide uh, corridors like we say in Sweden and uh, that's what's been really successful if you see in the other top nations. Yeah, and Amanda, you know, ahead of the the Netherlands game, um it was a lot of talk about the lineup obviously, obviously. So how how did the talk uh, go around uh, the journalists uh, uh, from Sweden with the, with the lineup that uh, Peter Jarlsson chose yesterday? Um well, I think it was um it was a pretty expected lineup considering Peter had already said at the press conference that Jona wasn't feeling 100% after the Netherlands game. So I think we were all prepared for the fact that she wasn't going to play. Although I think I thought that Johanna Rittenkonnery, who plays for Beko Hekin, was going to be on the right side because she comes in and she brings a lot of speed to the game. So I was expecting that. Um, instead, they put Lina Hurtig on the right side and... Even with that, we talked about how maybe Fridolina Rolfa should have been on the right and Lina should have been on the left. But it's a discussion, you know, we, we really don't know what's going through, you know, Peri Arachon's head when he puts the lineup. And it seemed to work out all in the end. But obviously, we did have some questions, but not too many. So, Mark, you and I talked a little bit before that game yesterday. And two things now. Filippa uh, Angeldahl uh, versus Hanna Benneson and uh, Magdalena Eriksson uh, versus Jonna Andersson. Uh, do you want to tell us your your thoughts about that? Yeah, um, I think that Hanna um, played a little bit more up the field, which uh, signifies a little bit more of the qualities that we've seen of Everton uh, versus earlier games with Sweden, where she was a little bit more conservative and couldn't express like she did yesterday. Um, Obviously, also with coming her in and 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 uh, think kind of, uh, more 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 pace, more energy. Uh, that's what the Sweden team really needed. So I think that the dynamic of having a higher pace of passes of play is very good for Sweden. And um, it was a little bit uh, different uh, in other areas. 
but I also thought that in terms of the left back um, option, um, I think it was uh, necessary maybe to for Anderson not to play. Uh, but I see some positive for uh, her to play. As I say, I, I, I like Magda on the ball, uh, passing, and she knows where, where the game is played. Um, but in the first half, she was staying too deep to really make an impact as a left-back, which you want in a, in a team that has possession. And in the second half, she was a little bit higher, but still uh, one of her weaknesses, as I would say, is that when the ball in transition comes over the top, uh, she's not great in defending space. And she is a great resource of her own errors, like she's great at tackling, but that always uh, leaves like a dangerous uh, moment for the opponent. Yeah, I, I want to ask Elena about this uh, as well, because we, we, we speak a lot about Johanna Rutten-Kanerid and Mark said uh, yesterday when we, when we talked that uh, Johanna Rutten-Kanerid is uh, unorganized and that's good because then the opponent and, and the opponent's backline will get, yeah, they will get in trouble. So do you feel that Swedish football is, is, i think it's we, we I'm gonna take this over again. <laughs> so speaking about Johanna Rittenkanerid, she is like uh, a player that that is could be seen as unorganized, but that will create chaos for for the opponent's backline. Uh, yet she doesn't get to start. Uh, and somehow for me, I feel that Petiarajan is very organized, and he wants to play uh, to be organized. Um, do you think that Johanna Rutten-Kanerid should have should have started or come in sooner yesterday? <clears throat> there, there's uh, many questions you can you can have, and just like you said, you don't really know how Peter is thinking. But as a coach, you can always have your own ideas. So for me, for example, it's not only about Kanerid because Kanerid for me should have started uh, because she has a just like you say she has a different kind of attacking skills that. No other players have, which is also something that she does really, really well. So, for example, when she's successful of dribbling her player, we always gain more speed. We always get more runs. We can always uh, attack behind the lines, uh, which we really cannot do with other players. And, for example, she could have that start position. For me, for example, Rolf has been playing left fullback in Barcelona. So why could she not play left fullback? Because Magda is not a fullback. Not in my eyes, she's a centre-back. So I think in a way that it would create, because Fridona Rolfa, she's unexpected in attacks as well. So I think that will be more di- dynamic attacking skills if they would play from the start. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, but we are here to talk about opinions. That's the fun <laughs> part about football, you know, so it's, it's good. Uh, Willie, from what you have seen uh, of a player like Johanna Rutten-Kanerid, uh, do you think she would do well in uh, the WSL? Yeah, I really, really like her. I would I would suggest to any club in the WSL they should look to sign her. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really like her. I think she's quite versatile. I think she can play in different different systems, slightly different positions. Uh, yeah, she's tough to play against. She is a little bit unpredictable. I think she needs to level out her consistency a little bit, and maybe that's why she's not being selected to start games at international level. And I think I think 
I think the coach is quite conservative and it's probably why Angle Dow gets picked and Benison then makes an impact. It's probably why Ericsson plays left back yesterday and if they need to be more attacking, maybe Rolfo would have played there eventually. But I think he always starts off pretty conservative and that probably goes against some of these younger, more exciting players. Yeah, because I... I'm pretty sure that Sweden had um, Sweden uh, Magdalena Eriksson and Hanna Glas. They they had four crosses together uh, during the whole game, and none of them were accurate. So uh, that's quite telling because Sweden Sweden has had a lot of power down the flanks, and they didn't yesterday. Even though Switzerland, I thought, like focused on on shutting down the central parts uh, of the pitch. But Mark, what do Sweden have to do to beat Portugal um, safe and sound on Sunday? Because you watched the game versus uh, between the Netherlands and Portugal yesterday. Yeah, I think that um, yeah, Portugal is a very chaotic team. Um, they, they just go for an attack and they are very weak defensively in terms of set pieces so it can really hurt them with crosses and set pieces um, and yeah what Sweden has to do and if they want to play with the, with the high fullbacks or wingbacks it's not about the accuracy that much of the crosses but you need to get into the right positions you need to cross that ball you need to get there and if you say like oh there's only four crosses uh, and especially for Anna Glass she where where she's very famous for that particular thing if she doesn't come in that position you can't create chances from that position uh, I think that Sweden's very good on the counter attack but they want to be dominant on the ball want to create chance from the build up and if you want to do that you need to be higher higher pace especially against a team like Switzerland or Portugal who are uh, of a different quality than the Netherlands. If you use a high pace, you can outplay them, outplay their press, and then create chances. Uh, and you saw that in the second half with some of the substitutions. You, you saw you saw that the pace is there, the, the technical ability of individual players is there to hurt an opponent. And I think that should be there from the start. That energy, not that passive passing which you have seen in the first half. And uh, yeah, Sweden is good enough to win this game because they have individual. Uh, players who do that uh, but yeah if you are progressing in the, in the tournament and you're facing a tough opposition you can't play like this and, and get get away with a result yeah and Willie you also watched uh, the Netherlands play Portugal um, what, what did you make of the Netherlands performance I feel they should have been more dominant things are a little bit disorganised in the back line I think uh, I thought I thought fullback area they looked very vulnerable with Wilms and uh, Oli Seguer. Uh, I thought they looked really vulnerable in the fullback area. So that's something that they need to sort out because they'll be punished against better teams. Uh, I, I, I like Damaris playing in there uh, beside Spitzer. It'll be interesting when Jackie Gronin comes back in to see if, if Damaris gets left out again or if, if she finally takes over from uh, Sherry de Spitzer uh, in, the, in, the, in the holding role. So that'll be interesting. Obviously, they missed Medema, which anybody in the world would miss her, although I didn't think they would need her against Portugal, although with 20 minutes to go, I think everybody associated to the Netherlands wanted her on the pitch. Uh, 
but yeah, I think I think Portugal are definitely to be got at by Sweden. I think Sweden will overpower them. I think going back to the back three will help Sweden against Portugal. Uh, but yeah, Netherlands have got a lot of work to do. You can see it's a team in transition uh, with the new manager and I, I don't know if they're going to have enough quality in the back line to be able to uh, progress to the last four of this tournament. Yeah, and Elena, we have to play in play you in here now. <clears throat> Do you think that uh, Sweden should play a back three or a back four? If we're talking about Portugal now, for, for me as a coach, uh, I would I would think like uh, a little bit more lo- long term because in a way that um, I don't think four back line is enough against Frank France or. England or Germany, I, I think that they have a, a like individual skills and speed and physical that we cannot match. So in a way, if if we're gonna face them, I think the key will be to defend how they did against Netherlands with a flexible five in the back. So for me, I would I would have played five back line yesterday, and I would play five back line against Portugal, so we can have this development because, as you also know. They've been playing a lot of fullback lately, so it's it's hard to work with relations and and uh, the dynamics in a five back line slash four back line. So for for me, I would have chose to play five back line, especially after see these top nations perform and and how they perform at a really high um, level. So that's what I I would have done, but I don't really know. How the thought is there, but uh, I would have uh, worked further with the three back line. Yeah, because I, I must say I, I only watched like the 15 last minutes of the Netherlands and Portugal playing last now night. But what I did recognize, Mark, uh, was that Portugal played many balls that broke the lines quite easy um, to get them to the, the attack. Um, what, what did you, as you know, you're in the Netherlands, you, you cheer for the Netherlands. What, what did you make of the Netherlands performance and what do you see that they can do, uh, against, uh, Switzerland, uh, this weekend? I think that, um, our, our attacking play is very good. Uh, also, uh, those coming in and that's the emphasis only, um, you know, defenses win your tournaments, uh, and, and win your titles. And I think that, uh, we had a big blow with Anuknawa, Anuknawa going out. Um, and that upset our defense. It's vulnerable very much. Uh, young players. I think Williams is too, too attacking minded. She plays as a wing back where she's a full back. Uh, Oli Slagers. This tournament comes one year too early uh, for her in our development. Um, it's a quick learning school, of course, but, uh, I think that we need the defense to be strengthened. You need to be more compact. Um, and, and we have the place to play a little bit more on the transition on the counter. We have the, the place to, we can do that. We can score a goal in midfield and attack. Um, but I think that Mark Parsons plays a little bit of a style he wants to play, but not all his players are suited for. And I think also it's all about, it's not about positions, but it's about roles. And you need to make sure that everyone performs on the highest level and optimum. I think that doesn't help now. And that's also why we struggled yesterday with these two goals uh, against Portugal and some chances. Um, I'm really impressed with Van Domsla and the goal. 
Uh, she really did good. I think she's one of the young players that stepped up. Um, but yeah, you can see the inexperience of the youth, especially in the back line. And that will cost us uh, in the quarterfinal. I think that that when we play the bigger teams, um, yeah, it will be difficult to recover from those um, yeah, weakened defense. So before we, we leave and this uh, part uh, Amanda is Sweden uh, gonna end up uh, as number one in group C from the from the looks of it I don't think so why I well considering how I mean Portugal uh, Netherlands is number one right now because they've scored more goals and they have Switzerland coming up obviously Nils Nielsen said yesterday on the press conference he was going to try to help Sweden a little bit you know stand against the Netherlands but then I don't know. I they could, you know, it's all speculation because they did win against Portugal with 4-0 in February. That's not too long ago. So they could come out with that same first, but I don't see the I don't see the same speed in that team like in the in the Algarve team as I do in this team. So they need they need to fix something. And they need to do it quick. If they, they're going to get out of the group stage, I think. But anything could happen, and they need to fix something quick if they want to compete against France, Italy, you know, Germany, and all those other nations. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Um, Willie, what if you were the Swedish head coach. Um, we have talked a lot about the pace and the passing and, and what would you like adjust and tell your players ahead of Sunday's game to make it work? I think, uh, <clears throat> I think you've got to try and draw Portugal out. I think they're quite stubborn in their defending if you allow them to drop uh, into their shape. So you've, it's definitely about speedy play. I think the game is is made for Benison in terms of those those quick forward passes, always looking forward and trying to play forward. So uh yeah, I think I think they've got to upset one of the names up top. I think they've got to leave one of them out. The four that played last night, I think going back to that back three and leaving leaving one of those out, possibly leaving two of them out and playing playing uh rating rating Kayak that we we spoke about. So I, I think Sweden will top the group. I, th- I think they can really win comfortably against Portugal, but it's got to be about speedy play because Portugal will defend stubbornly if you allow them to drop back into their shape, get their full backs in nice and tight. Uh, they're not great in that in the air. I think Mark alluded to that that you know they're weak at set pieces, they're weak at defending crosses. So even if they get set up, as long as you can get deliveries in the box, you've still got a chance. But yeah, I think speedy play is got to be really important. But Sweden should win comfortably, I think. So we let uh, our two guests uh, on this episode predict that game. Uh, Elena, what what result do you think it will gonna be on Sunday when Sweden play Portugal? Um, 
I would uh, my I would say I really hope that Sweden is gonna uh, just like really says like uh, create more high pace that uh, will involve then many goal opportunities and many goals. So I say three zero. <laughs> yeah, hope. you you become Swedish there, like like you a bit uh, humble, but yeah. But I feel I feel in a way like uh, it's it's really important for Sweden to get a better feeling into the into the uh, like quarterfinal. And I don't think that many players have a good feeling, except maybe Hanna because she just got a really nice goal yesterday. But uh, what I have a feeling is that like Kose, she went out immediately saying she was not really happy. So I think there's a frustration in the team. So if they perform really well against Portugal, I think it will improve the chance to beat the team in the quarterfinal. Like you will get more confidence from it. So I really hope they can score many goals and keep the zero. But Portugal has shown that they are good at scoring goals as well. They've been scoring four goals. So I hope for 3-0. But maybe my brain says 2-1 again. Yeah. Well, brain versus heart. In this case, maybe, yeah. Um, Mark, I think it's uh, going to be a business like two uh, zero. Um, I think there are always like two two thoughts you want. Either one, you want to get the confidence by scoring a lot of goals, get get it going, get the fr- juices flowing. Uh, but also, you want you want you want to you want to have no goals against. You have two um, two goals conceded, uh, which you didn't necessarily had to concede and the game against Netherlands and also against Switzerland uh, they could be avoided so I think uh, hold zero is very important too so I think it will be like a 2-0 um, like a like a business-like uh, victory for Sweden and then you can go into the quarterfinals and then perhaps have a little bit more confidence also a little bit more respect in, in the way you're defending uh, because defending is very important as well um, for getting those results over the line uh, I think yeah 2-0 will uh, be my prediction we can take 2-0 two, two Amanda right That that's okay. um, I think that would be good enough for the Swedes to get away with the number one spot in the group stage although I think the Netherlands are going to score too so it's going to be a goal difference thing but yeah 2-0 should be fine yeah we let's hope for that I said I said nine zero for the game yesterday. Just yeah, that I said I, I I will admit I I said seven <laughs> zero. Yeah, so. I, I said because I, I I resonated <laughs> as if one two three four comes, then five six seven eight nine will also come. So that's that's what I was thinking. But yeah, I'm gonna before we leave Sweden now and and the group C, I will just tell you that I was uh, very happy with Rebecca Blomqvist coming in yesterday because even though. Uh, it was uh, the goals were denied uh, because of offside. She she found the back of the net, and to me that that's that will tell you something about her um, performance. And and yeah, Amanda. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I I've said it before in another podcast. I'm gonna say it in here as well because I haven't said it. She is a natural substitution to Stina Blackstenio. She's the one that comes in. She scores the goals. I honestly, I think she should get more playing time. Sina Blackstein is on is on that spot, and they haven't really played Rebecca. But now that that he's played her and he has seen what she can do, I feel like she's going to get more playing time, and they're going to use her a lot more in this tournament and in the future because 
yeah, she's just she's she's a natural goal scorer, and I think a lot of teams or a lot of t- clubs around Europe saw that performance yesterday. Yeah, uh, I I'm very glad she's in the Swedish squad now. So, um, but let let's move on to to one actual opponent Sweden could go up against uh, in the quarterfinal if they end up uh, second in the group, France. Um, Willie, just tell us your thought about the French team at the moment, because they, we have to be aware of that they they have only played one game. And I th- I think the scoreline flattered them. Don't get me wrong, they had a 30-minute period where they were unplayable, but they have got some exceptional individuals. I do not I do not see a good team when I watch them. But they have got exceptional individuals and those individuals, as Italy found out in the space of 30 minutes, can destroy you if you let them, if you let them have the pitch. Uh, so yeah, France will always be a danger because of those individuals. I just, I just don't see a good team when I watch them. Uh, I, I think when, uh, when the going gets tough, I think you'll see, you'll, you'll see massive weaknesses in the French team. Uh, Italy should have been 2 0 up, I think. Bonacera had a real good chance. Uh, and then the first two goals for me were, were like individual errors. I think Gamma's tried to take a touch in the box. Uh, and then the goalkeeper parried one out. So for me, you know, it should never have been anywhere near 5 0 at half time because Italy did okay in the, in the opening stages of the game. And, uh, I think they were as shocked as, uh, as everybody at half time. Uh, I don't think anybody really could believe what had happened in that 25, 30 minute period. So yeah, France are good, but I don't think any of the other big countries should really be scared of them just because they won result. So over to you, Eliana, now, because you were uh, at this game uh, as well. So do you agree with Willy or? Uh, I actually totally agree with him. Um, it's in the way like you as a coach you can like get really excited to see this individuals individual players with uh, great skills and you can get happy to see that kind of football and because you can you can rarely see that skills in Domo Svenskan so you're really happy to see that live but uh, it's just like uh, Willie saying if Bonacea would would have scored that goal early in the game and uh, you can see in the half uh, the second half how many goals did France score not many, zero. So in in a way that when Italy pushed and uh, they created some chances and uh, and etc., you you can you can really see that when it goes well, France is good. But what happens if it doesn't go well? I also agree. I don't think uh, I think that the team is not going to be strong enough. But um, yeah. So Mark, how many of the goals that uh, France scored? Could have been like, I mean, obviously every goal uh, that that scored being scored can be avoid avoided from a good defense. But from your point of view, how many of of the five goals that uh, France scored could Italy easily have uh, avoided? I think at least three. Um, and I agree. Totally agree. A, just prior for the one nil, you saw two big chances for Italy and you saw them struggling in defence France is, is a team of individuals uh, and yeah I think 
just because they Italy allowed them to attack and allowed them uh, with mistakes it doesn't mean that the defense is good like we all also after the first game it's another game but uh, we saw Norway against Northern Ireland for on attack that doesn't leave any guarantees for another game when you have to defend and I want to see France against a team where they have to defend uh, and then it's, it's a total, total different story and I, I think that's the case for France in general with men's and women's football over the past years they have great individual players they have great individual performances in games but to actually perform and get something out of it outside of the quarterfinal which is a problem for France women's football I see the same thing right now so yes individual amazing but they were allowed to be uh, effective we, we jump uh, into a, another game uh, with those words from you Mark because you you practically all of you mentioned the fact that if Bonancea would have scored uh, in the opening minutes uh, in the game that Italy played France then you could actually say that that in in the game where, uh, where England played Norway, that's sort of what happened with that penalty given to England, that Norway actually, I thought, did pretty well the first, I don't know if it even uh, gone up to 10 minutes, but then they England were given that penalty and then Norway just fell apart. So it's sometimes it's the coincidences that can make something just fall apart. But it's, I mean, that's the fun part about football as well. But but now, Willie, England is just, they are, seem, they seem to have very fun playing football right now in a way that we haven't seen England perform um, for quite some time now. Uh, what is what is Sarina Wichman doing with this England team? Yeah, I think, I think first of all, we mentioned it on episode two that, getting through the Austria game was really important just to get the win. And you could see they played completely different. They had a completely different approach to it. It's the same, same set of players, but playing with so, so, so some of the, some of the pressure just lifted off their shoulders and they played a lot more freer and played with a smile on their face. And yeah, the small, small margins can, can make a massive difference because that could have been a really tight game, depending on what happened with the penalty or with the opening that Norway had. But uh, I, I think Serena has created a real... I think the players need to take a lot of credit for this. Some of the big characters are really good people and understand how important it is to have a togetherness. So I think not just Serena, but some of the big characters in that changing room have created that. And you can see that there'll be players disappointed at not getting up, getting on the pitch, but they just seem to have a real camaraderie, a real togetherness to the team. And uh, Serena and the senior players have created that. And then I think it's, in terms of the coach, she's just really clear in what she wants. She's a fantastic communicator. And I've spoke to a number of people who have played under her for either Netherlands or England. And they don't always like what she says, but they know they're getting the truth and they know they're getting black and white it, it, this is the way it is and uh, and I think that just makes a huge difference to players so the communication is clear and everybody knows their jobs and it's clearly helping them on the pitch Eliana you said it uh, at the beginning that um, Sweden will never make it versus teams like in England and France at the moment but do you think that Sweden has 
what Willy is talking about now in England. Do you think Sweden Sweden has uh, the players to to be that good? Uh, I've been saying this before. I, I think that the strength in England and, and especially Germany as well is that all the players that are playing now in these teams, they are important in the club teams. They play a lot. They have many minutes behind. If you look at the Swedish eleven, how many players that have been playing a lot? It's not many. I think it's four in the start eleven that is playing a lot in the club teams. So you can see that that's that's also difference because you know they have they have it from from the season coming that they have the confidence. They have been playing many games, and I think as a player to come into a a championship like this, a big championship, and with that that you've been through, I think that's uh, a big plus. And um, I think that you can see in the Swedish Swedish play because last, last year when they played the uh, Olympic finals, there were many players that was really important in the club teams. But it's not like that anymore. So I think that has something to do with it. That's what I, I think. So um, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, England has a, a strong team with many good players and that's the same with France and, and, and Germany but I think Sarina has a, a big part of it as well if you think that last Europeans they won 2019 she took Netherlands to final in the World Cup so I think she she's a, a great coach with a great uh, winning mentality so I think in a way that she's also re- very controlled and she wants to be a part of many things by herself so I think she's been having a, a great impact in, in England because I, whatever I understand, I'm not sure of it, but the mentality is different from England and Sweden. So I think the way of how, how she thinks is going to help this team a lot. So Mark, you obviously, you know Sarina Vichwan very well. Uh, what, what is she doing uh, compared to Phil Neville uh, with England? Uh, for for those who who are listening and and isn't that uh, aware of uh, neither Phil Neville or or Sarina Vichwan, what is she doing? Because I've read a lot about uh, the fact that she is uh, um, doing continental football with England and she is using pressing and width uh, as the big tools here. Um, I think that yeah, well, really also said about togetherness create a collective uh, be clear don't do long talks make sure what the objective is make sure everyone understands their task uh, one goal um, and she what she always says is to players don't be a question mark be an exclamation mark so she said never have have doubts in any action you do be resolute in what you do and that's what she does um, one of the biggest things for me, the, the difference between Neville and Wichmann is her in-game uh, ability to to recognize if something is working or not. She, uh, I think that she's quite a good coach tactically. Um, she plays plays to her strength, give them confidence. Um, and what's funny is that Elena mentioned 2019, which. In Dutch coverage, Dutch memories isn't that great for performance-wise. We were second in the world, but performance-wise, it was already not 
that team for 2017. But she still mentioned and had the motivation and had that collectiveness, that togetherness. That's very important. Performance-wise, it wasn't good. It was a hurdle after hurdle to the World Cup final. But we got there anyway. And I think it's a lot, a lot of a mentality about getting there. doesn't matter how you get there because you won against Austria isn't ideal for many people, but you got there. And then the next game is 8-0 against Norway, which is considered a very good attacking side. Um, so I think it's a lot about being clear, good in communicating and just being direct. Uh, and, and players need directness and need to know what they are up against and what they are expected of. Yeah, and, and Willie, this is something that I've been think, thinking about uh, the last week. Uh, because Sarina Wichmann is obviously not English. Uh, she's a foreign coach to England. Um, and I feel that it, it's kind of a part, it, not, this is going to sound bad in a way, but uh, her not being English, English is kind of a one, one factor to the fact that England is being successful at the moment. And we, we, I, I can feel it with a team like Arsenal as well. That Jonas Edeval is coming in to, to, with another perspective, uh, to English football. And, and do you agree with that? Or is it just a coincidence? I, I think with Serena, I think she's coming with a winner's medal. And I think that's the difference. I think she, she's, there's a lot of boxes that she ticks. So I was a top player, tick. I'm a woman, <laughs> tick, and I've got winning winners medals as a coach for for a country who I think we would all agree punched above their weight when they won the Euros. You know, they, they weren't the favourites; they weren't probably in the first three in terms of who people thought would win the tournament. But she did it, and then she followed it up with a World Cup final. <laughs> Again, even though they were the European champions, they probably weren't expected to get to the final and she did it so I think she came in and she got that instant respect uh, I think you know obviously you know if she was English she wouldn't have any of these winners medals uh, so I suppose that goes hand in hand because there's, there hasn't been winners medals uh, by English managers so now I, th- I think it's more to do with that her, her CV than anything else but again it comes down to communication from as far as I'm aware from day one she was so clear what she wanted, what was acceptable, what wasn't acceptable, what the players could expect from her and what she expected from the players. And I think that has really set the tone and the players have just immediately bought into it. Well, now we have big expectations for England as well because they they were one of the favourites before, but now uh, after their performance versus, versus Norway, they've really sailed up to the top uh, favourite spot to win this. But... We, before we, we leave this uh, episode, I think we should talk about Germany and Spain as well. And Elena, you've watched Spain play and they like possession. Um, I think we can all agree on that. And they are good at holding the ball and, and so on. But Germany versus Spain, um, how did you feel when you watched that game? Uh, it was funny because I... We were talking about it now in the conference. We were saying like, oh, uh, that the Ger- Germany is going to win. But uh, I had that like that feeling and also like, okay, 
they have a great team. They're really good organizing the defense. And it's like the Deutsche Maschine, you know, it's, it's a German machine. And unfortunately, Spain has dropped one of the biggest players, like Hermoso is missing. Botellas is missing. There are two players that can do difference because in a way I, I coached uh, Fortuna Jöring in the quarterfinal in Champions League last year and we had the opportunity to meet Barcelona and the skill level of those two players is huge and um, you can see that they're they're missing out of these players because they can do so much difference but it's just like you're saying I wanted Spain to win because I wanted a team that's, that plays difference to win games so you can do both you can play this fast attack in football but can, you can also have possession so I really hope for Spain to win but I think in a way that they don't have those those two players that can make huge huge difference in, in the play so um, I really hope for Spain to win but uh, I think in a way that what really has been talking about this this team you can you can go really far with this strong team and Germany did a really really well game with the defense and they were really effective with their goal chances. So a really good game from, from, from Germany, Germany side. But I still think that Spain will manage to go further into the quarterfinal. Um, And then we'll see if they can do difference there because they, they need to score goals. And just like you said that it's not many times uh, Spain score goals from set pieces and uh, with headers. So, they need to they need to find their ways to score in goals. Yeah, from the open play, of of course. I I think we're go, we're gonna see. I again, my Scandinavian heart will break probably, but I do think that we're gonna see goals from Spain uh, when they play Denmark um, this weekend. Um, but I mean, um, Mark, you you did watch Denmark play Finland, for for example, and if we take that Denmark, that team uh, that Denmark showed um, versus Finland, how do you think they will be able to stand up versus Spain? Uh, what I think is that uh, Denmark were a little bit frustrating, a little bit unorganized. Um, you can really see that Panella Harder is obviously the key player, but she wants too much. She wants to help too much on the pitch. And uh, until Svava came on, uh, I thought Denmark were not very structured. I uh, conceded a lot of a lot of stupid uh, breaks, um, and yeah, I, I didn't think they would be able to win the game. Um, Dan was a little bit more structured at the end, um, but I think Spain would be comfortably the better better team, better side. But they also have a a difficulty with finishing chances or getting in the right positions to have a shot that actually can mean something. Uh, and that's also a little bit, obviously you miss two great players, but your selection should be able to cope with that. And I think that the selection is optimal up front. Uh, you don't have a lot of... I was a bit surprised there are so few players from Sociedad in that side, uh, considering they're a very good season, uh, second uh, and they could have been a little bit more clinical up top. So that's 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 a problem for, for Spain being clinical at the top. And you need to do something with the possession, and you need to do something with uh, the attack. It's great football to watch, obviously, but you need to be clinical, you need to be effective, and that's something Germany has more. It might be a 
might not be as beautiful, but they they get an error from from Pinos, from the goalkeeper. They finish it. They have a good set piece. They finish it, and then it's closed. No one gets past. It's two nil. And that's that's a good uh, mentality. It's a good result. And I think that if Spain finds a solution to scoring, they could go very fast, very far in the tournament. Uh, but they're not my favorite, definitely not. We'll, we'll let you have the last word on this podcast, uh, as we usually do, because you're expert. But the style of play, Germany, Spain, uh, what team is going to go the furthest uh, in this tournament and why? Germany. Because they have got different ways to win. I think they can be... They don't keep the ball as well as Spain. I don't think anybody does. But they're more efficient with it. Uh, they can keep possession. They can play forward at the right times. They can defend. You know, I think individually, they some of their players are almost as good as France. But as a team, they look so much better. And that doesn't matter if it's a team within the team. Their midfield unit looks fantastic. Their back line looks fantastic. But then their 11 looks really, really good. And you can see them working hard for each other. They've got great depth on the bench. Like, who who can lose a striker like Schuller and replace her with Pop? It's just it's ridiculous. And it was I think it was Pop's first ever start in the Euros. I think she's been really yeah. unfortunate and missed the last yeah, couple, right. hasn't she? Right. So, and then and then there's there's players that are coming off the bench like Brand, like Sydney Lohman and Clint, young Kleinherrn, the young defender, I think is fantastic. So, I, yeah, I think for me, I still stand by the three teams that I said at the start of the tournament, which is Germany, England, and Sweden. So, what I'm hearing you saying is that Germany is one of the big contenders versus England to get this trophy now. Yeah. 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 Well, Definitely. we'll let uh, those words end this episode uh, for, for this time. I, I want to thank Mark and Elena for joining in. Uh, very fun to have uh, to have you on because it's great to have different perspective uh, every every time we do this. So thank you very much. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.